the ultimate compliment is to be considered an asset by those who know you. But what exactly does that mean? And how do we get there? I believe that there is a less discussed approach to becoming a person of value, a person who is successful, respected by others, and fulfilled. It's somewhere between the hustle culture and the ease and flow of manifestation. This podcast is designed to be a resource for the ambitious, the relentless, and the rare who are breaking societal norms, going against the grain, and are open to unconventional practices as we study what it takes to be a true asset in every area of life. My hope is that you'll find this podcast unique and like it enough to share it with a friend and maybe even one day join us at one of our in-person events. Enjoy. Bridget, tell me why I should hire you. Why would I hire you? Because if you are in law enforcement or really all first responders, uh, firefighters, EMTs, uh, corrections, um, you are going to face problems at work where you're feeling like you're being thrown under the bus, that you have no one to trust, that no one understands. You're going to feel isolated. You're going to feel alone. You're going to feel like your job is crashing down around you. And I know exactly what you feel like because I used to be a cop and I felt exactly like that. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know who to trust. Didn't know who to turn to. I just wanted answers. I wanted somebody to believe me. I wanted somebody to think. And then I thought, well, I'm, I must be losing it. I'm going crazy. And you're not crazy. So you hire me because I've been through all of it. And I know exactly what you're going through. And now that I've been an attorney a really long time, I know exactly how to help you. And I help you with all those things. That you're not alone. That your job might feel bad right now, but we're gonna. I'm gonna help you figure out that's not coming crashing down around you. And if it is, maybe it's coming to end. I'm gonna help you help figure out what to do about that because I know that you feel like you have no idea what to do, and I help you figure out what to do. Very, that's really good, and I appreciate that, Bridget. For our listeners, very quickly, can because we've had um, we've had Bridget on the podcast previously, so you can look Lady Law Shield up law shield up as who I'm speaking with right now. Um, but Bridget briefly tell us a little bit about you. So I am a former deputy sheriff. Um, I was in patrol, then I switched over to undercover narcotics and, um, then, and I was also on the SWAT team. I was the only female member of SWAT team. Um, and then because I was the only female member of SWAT team, I left law enforcement for all the issues that you could imagine. Um, and went to law school. And now I, for, for everything I just described, I lived it, felt it. Um, you know, we both told the story about the days we would get in our car and just be, you know, crying so hard we couldn't stand it because I'll be damned if I let them see it. But, you know, it's just so hard. Um, so became an attorney and ended up creating my own law firms called Lady Law Shield so that I can help with that because I, I know that I can. I've always wanted to give back. I've always wanted to. because I And also, I believe that what I do is a wellness tool because I know that the, those kind of problems are all consuming. You can't think about anything else. You're, it's all you talk about, dream about, sleep about, eat about everything. And I know what that's like. So I created my law firm to be able to help in that way. And then because I can help, I am going to be able to help with your mental health. And that's what really matters to me is I want you to be a little bit happier each day. And that's, this is how I get to do it is through legal help. And so Bridget, tell us what kinds of things, like what situations could you help us with? 
Well, it's really the obvious ones, which you could imagine from my experiences on SWAT team. Um, you know, the only female, just harassment, discrimination, retaliation, definitely hostile work environment. Um, and, you know, I think is what I hear a lot of times, from, well, all the time, or some of my clients, they've been injured on the job and, or if it's a lingering injury, and then they start to be treated differently or discriminated against because of that injury, which that's, that's not allowed. But one of them, like, let's just say hostile work environment, for example, I mean, it's not exclusive to women, by the way. Uh, one of my newest clients is facing um, sexual harassment, actually, from the other guys in his office. Um, and no, it's not a it's not a gay on street kind of thing. It's just ridiculous crap that pe- these guys have done and they take it too far. And so it's not always gender. It's like not always opposite sex things. It's not always straight versus gay or Christian versus Jew or I mean, it's it's not, it's it's. The same on same. It's just outrageous the stuff that people think they can get away with. But the hostile work environment, for example, you will put up something over and over and over, and you think, okay, well maybe they're right, or maybe they're right. You start to think you're crazy, or and you think, but you know, after time, you start to think, well, this is getting kind of annoying. Like, why do I have to keep putting up with this and putting up with this and putting up with this? That's what hostile work environment means. You think, well, eventually, well, I don't want to quit, but maybe they want me to quit, and then you start getting pissed and like, well fine. Like, I'll just quit. I'll just give in. I'll give them what they want. And then you, then they come to me and say, well, it doesn't really matter because I quit. Right. I'm like, no, that's kind of, you know, kind of de facto is a legal term. It's like the same as being terminated. They pushed you out. They eventually got you to do what they wanted you to do is they got rid of you. That is, that's hostile work environment. And a lot of times I'm helping people understand that they're not crazy, number one. And then number two, that, you know, I'm defining what they're going through and, and legitimizing what they're going through and regularly telling them, no, you're not crazy. You're not making this up. Well, maybe, you know, I did make a mistake. Maybe they were right. I'm like, okay, you name me one person in your life that's never made a mistake. We all make mistakes, but it's in how they handle those. Are they treating you differently than other people because of that? And so I just help. I, I spent a lot of time helping people define and, or I define and then help on, understand that what they're going through is not right why and what we can do about it so if i'm so tell me other situations so we so we now know that you do not work with just females correct yep and percent of my clients are are men i mean in fact in the last two weeks i've got well probably 50 50 men and women um yeah good okay And so how about this? Will you walk me through what it's like if I sign up with you or if I get a call with you? Can you walk me through the process of what it's like? Yes. So it always starts with people call me, text me, go to my website. Sometimes they'll send me this email with all this stuff. And I say, look, book a call with me and we'll chat for uh, we have have a free call. We'll have a free call and you tell me what's going on. And when we have that call, I'll either say you don't have anything. Here's why which is very rare, especially for law enforcement. I have people who are not in law enforcement that come to me. They're searching for any attorney they can find with their issue. But if you are reaching out to me, it's more than likely it's because you know I was in law enforcement and you know that I'm going to get it. So you have something and 98 to 99% of the time I say, okay, either A, you know, I'm still not quite sure, but what I can do, I think you have something, but I need to review everything and figure out and, uh, and I'll get back with you and, and I'll, you know, and I'll give you my legal opinion of what's happening or B, 
I say, which has happened a lot. In fact, people that come from your group that reach out to me and I'll say, wow, you have a lot going on and we need to start doing something right now. And I can email you an invoice like right now. So I get off the phone with you. I email you the the proposed invoice, which describes the scope of work. If you agree to that and it's I try to make it. And also, I want to say that I can help people nationwide. Um, I live in Texas. Um, I'm licensed to practice in four states, New York. Louisiana, Florida, and and wait, I'm missing one. And look, wait, Texas, <laughs> Texas, Louisiana, Florida, New York. Um, but these claims are based upon federal law. In order to make federal claims, you just need the attorney just has to be licensed anywhere. So my clients come from all over. I mean, West Coast, East Coast, North to South. And you, I say we need to get started right now. And uh, anyway, so you email me the invoice. It's automated. I make it as simple as it possibly can for you. It, you know, you you pay the invoice. You get you automatically get a retainer. You then automatically get the intake form. Start giving me information. Start getting me documents. And then we hit the ground running as soon as you get those answers and documents in. Um, and we start reviewing your claim. Once we review it enough, we then we set what I call a strategy session with you to say I will give you my assessment and say here's here's what I think is going on. And here's where I think my experience in law enforcement really matters for you, the, the, the person who needs me, because there's because I know what you're going through within your department, there's so much more beyond just do you need to file a lawsuit? Like, who do I need to contact? What letter do I need to mail? Who, what, who do I need to say, no, you really need to do give us this stuff? Because what I can tell you is they're going to ignore you because they can. They can't ignore me because... We could, I can just keep doing, okay, well, we haven't filed that lawsuit. Now we're going to file the lawsuit. Now, now here, oh, by the way, here's this lawsuit we filed because you wouldn't come to the table. And now our demands just went up and now we're going to ask for more. And my clients, a lot of times will say, well, what can I get out of this? And I always say, what do you want out of this? I mean, surely, you know, most of the time there's a financial component too, but sometimes the people that come to me are so hurt that it's never really about the money. Usually the hurt makes them want money, but it's not, it doesn't start with that. It starts with, this hurts me so bad. I mean, I've talked with guys who are 30 year firefighters that are calling me in tears because they had no idea after they dedicated their lives, put their lives on the line for 30 years. And now they're being forced out or this is, they're being trying, you know, they're trying to discredit them or ruin their reputation. And I get that. And so I hope you figure out like, what are the, what are all the things that you want out of this? And I help. Another thing I say is that they're ignoring you because they can, because this is what I call a private problem. And I help you figure out how we can make this a public problem, because you can ignore a private problem, but you can't ignore a public problem. I mean, that could include, does the city manager know what's going on? Does the city council know what's going on? Who do we need to put this in front of? And I say it's kind of like you're poking the bear, but not too much without. And you're also not just, you know, scorched earth, burning bridges, because that won't get you relief. You think it will, but it won't. Um, and I help manage expectations. I help you understand the process. I help you validate everything that you've experienced. I help support you through the process. I mean, I, my clients regularly still call me to say, Bridget, I know we're doing this and I'm going to stick with it, but am I crazy? Like, no, you're not crazy. And here's why. And it's getting the answers and getting relief that I help clients figure out. Of course, I know the legal part. Like I'm going to, I don't, I'm not helping. Like I know that part, but then is what, what else do we need to do within the department to help you feel like you're taking control back? Because I know you feel like 
your life is out of control. If mm-hmm. you're coming to me for one of these problems, mm-hmm. um, I know it because I lived it. And, you know, it's, I'm helping you take the control back. And so thank you for that, because I think there's a lot of I, I'm not going to lie. You know, there's a lot of miscommunication and not clarity of like, when can we when should we um, mm-hmm. reach out to you and what what happens next? And so I guess maybe what circumstances could should like a person be facing like if they're like because there's people listening right now that do that thing of well maybe I'm crazy or this is this is just the culture this is just how it is this is I just have to suck it up and deal with the old school mentality could you explain just some different things Bridget that a person might be experiencing where is be a good time to reach out to you yes it always comes down to no matter the type of discrimination or harassment, whatever it is, is what's called disparate treatment. Are you being treated differently than others in some way? There are, without taking a deep dive into the legal mumbo jumbo, is that you? it's not illegal to be a jerk. I'll start with that. You're probably facing a jerk boss. It's, you know, it's not exclusive to law enforcement. I can tell you that having worked in lots of other industries. But I also had a jerk sur- supervisor, sergeant. That's not illegal. It is illegal if they're treating you differently than others in the same circumstances. I'll give you some examples. If a client that got demoted because she handled a gun without gloves on, is that a violation of a policy? Sure. She got demoted. That's what the chief chose to do. Uh, she they they gave her the excuse of well you did this thing but then also we need people on the night shift and you know so we're, we're understaffed so we're going to promote you and then oh by the way you can't do this other special job that we gave you that you can only do on day shift so we're taking that away from you and in the and then realize that also it's because you did this thing with the gun well there was a guy on the day shift who has less experience than her so she's more senior which means she's supposed to have the right to stay on day shift that he should have been the one transferred and oh by the way he also handled a gun without gloves on and they did nothing to him. Here's another example. You've been injured on the job, on the job training, which means it's workers comp issue. You get injured, you go through treatment, you're on light duty for a while. Um, you end up being on light duty for a long while. And then they start to get aggravated with that. And by law and their own policies, they, they're required to keep you on for that. But then they start denying you the, the option of promoting. They start... Um, harassing you in certain ways, um, even including for one of my clients, then he faced he faced some sexual harassment stuff where these guys just taking things too far and their opinion of him because he's hurt. And now they think he's weak and they they start they take it too far. And he, you know, he reports this and ultimately it comes down to you're you're treating him differently than others because he's injured from an on the job injury. That's illegal. Um, another example is. I have a client who had a superior just always, 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 you're too young for this. You're too young for this. You shouldn't be doing this job. You're too young for this. I mean, just barraging over and over and over. Meanwhile, this girl is getting stellar reviews and PTO, um, getting accommodations. Um, everybody has nothing but always, always good reviews. And then the next thing you know, she gets fired, like no reason. And it comes down to harassment um, sec- like gender discrimination and age discrimination, sadly, from another female, a much senior female, and then she gets pushed out. So ultimately, as you look at it, this is going to ring, ring, like, ring true for a lot of people is you're dealing with something and you just think, 
over like you know i would i ended up getting to the point where i would go to job work and i would just think okay just leave me alone for a day just let me get through a shift for a day just stop dinging me for something just a day let me go one day without dinging me for something no just over and over and over because at first you're like you're right i made a mistake i'll do better and then over the course of year one year two year the other day i heard a story from a girl eight years which sadly she got so bad she attempted suicide four times but you know, just you put up with it over and it's going to get to the point where you start to think, God, this sucks. Like enough is enough. Like I know I'm making mistakes, but this sucks. When you start feeling that you probably need me because that goes beyond jerk boss more than likely. Mm -hmm. So the best way to figure that out is book a 15 minute call. Does it cost you anything with me? It's free. Mm -hmm. And you tell me your quick story. It's always, how are you being treated differently than others? And then often, did you report it? You've been retaliated against. You can't retaliate against somebody if they report wrongdoing. It's in their own policies that they're supposed to follow. So those are some examples. Certainly retaliation happens um, too often, but that's where you, like you said, don't let the cynicism get you. It's, oh, this is just the job I have to put up with it. And I call BS on that. No, you do not have to put up with it. The, the, look at your policy manual. It's in there. They're not supposed to do these things. You're supposed there as an avenue to report wrong treatment. They're not supposed to, re it's against their own policies, much less federal law, to retaliate against you because of that. Let's say you're doing something like reporting a law, like a, a legal violation, like your department is violating a law somehow. They can't retaliate against that. That's like a big, huge, like multiple ways you've violated things. Um, you catch somebody lying on records within your department. That's state and federal violations. An agency, I heard this story recently, they know their training department can't find three fully automatic guns. Can't find. Oh my God. Yeah. That's supposed to be reported to the ATF. They haven't. So what do you think is going to happen to him if he reports that? So he reached out to me like on the front end. He's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, okay, tread lightly. And, you know, I gave him some pointers and I was like, because if you don't report it and something like that, you will be swept up in the investigation. Like, I promise. So you, that's a, that's a, what I call being, you're in a pickle because you're gonna, you better report it. It could get bad, but that's why you should call somebody like me. Cause I'm going to, you know, we got to figure out the protections and make sure you're reporting the things as they happen. Um, because I mean, I could go on and on. If your chief asks you about your sex life twice, that's a violation of federal law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that one's pretty blatant. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this is good because so many of us <clears throat> wonder, you know, if we should, like, if we should reach out to you because, or, you know, do we have a case? I have a lot of people, a lot of clients that go through a lot of things. And they don't know they just kind of think this is the culture. They have to deal with it. Um, and, and I mean, there are some things that we have to deal with. This culture is hard. Right. But I think what is important is to know when to reach out to you and to know what it's going to look like, Bridget, because it can be very intimidating thinking, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to hire this attorney. Mm -hmm. Like this is very intimidating. So what everybody needs to know is Bridget offers a free initial phone call. So you can, um, get with her with that. The link will be in the show notes, but it's ladylawshield.com. You can find mm -hmm. her on 
all the social medias as Lady Law Shield as well. So if you are, if you're thinking about it, if you're in a situation um, or have been in a situation, Bridget, just the initial phone call, I think is honestly, like you've said, I know I have several clients that have hired Bridget. Um, I know that they love you. Like they are like any person going through anything needs Bridget. Like, you know, they just, they need you because you help them so in on so many levels, right? Like legally, but you really do take the time to, Mm -hmm to be with them and, and to talk with them and talk them through the process. And like you said, make them feel like they're not crazy because a lot of times that's how we feel. We're feeling nuts. Yeah. And I will say, I talk a lot about you're afraid to make the claim, but here's why you should make the, like when I make a claim, I'm saying report it somehow, whether it's you're filing EOC claim, whether you're reporting it internally. Cause sometimes my clients, the first step we start with is helping you figure out reporting it internally and what you should say. And then you can take it, you know, cause like you let's give your department a chance to fix it. But sometimes, sometimes it's so bad. Like you just got to keep, you got to make the claim because you got to make the claim before you can file a lawsuit. And you know, they need, we got to, there's some, some consequences here. And sometimes they, there's like, we got to get some financial um, payouts from this, but you know, I went through all this. I didn't say anything. I thought, you know, well, I just want to keep doing my job because all I really want is I want them to expect, you know, respect me as a narcotics investigator. I want them to respect me as a SWAT operator. Like someday they'll just respect me for what I do. What, what I realized is these guys were never going to do that. Um, even after I quit, I found out they were still talking about me. Like they spread some rumor about how I, I got fired because I lied about something with a snitch. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I would oh, ever my, 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 my reputation on the line for a crackhead. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really hit home, like nothing I did was ever going to matter. And what you do, first of all, what you do does matter. And also you think, well, why isn't somebody else helping me? Why isn't people see this? Why aren't they reporting it? Well, they're scared of retaliation in the same way you are. Mm-hmm. And everybody's selfish. And I'm not, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, there's not, there's not many people in this world that will go and say, look, you know, I want to report what's happening to Bridget because it's just not fair. Like they may think like, well, I, you know, I finally, I, the last three months I was at the sheriff's office is after I went to my captain and said, I want off SWAT team and narcotics now. And I want day shift. And he said, you got it because he knew he kind of knew what was going on. So my last three months before I left to go to law school, I was on day shift. And one of my SWAT guys came up to me after and he's like, man, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. I think you got a raw deal. And although on the one hand, you could think, man, thanks for saying that. But on the other hand, it still just hurt me so bad because that meant he knew it was happening the whole time. He never did anything to help. Mm-hmm. And that, it just the whole thing. I mean, you know, it just hurts so bad. But also what I'll say this, I never truly reported it in the way that I should have. And there's two consequences to that. One is that just meant it took me at least 13 years to really let go of it because I held it in. I, I just ate it like, oh, it's my mistake. I'm just going to eat this mistake. I didn't make a single mistake. My mistake was not reporting it, not putting others on notice of what was happening because I thought, well, they see it and they're not doing anything about it. So what difference will it make if I don't if I don't report it? I'm telling you, if you don't report it, they're not going to take it upon themselves to start training everybody on sexual harassment. They're not going to like reprimand a supervisor for doing all this stupid stuff. The second reason I think that's a mistake is I let them think that everything they were doing was okay or on par. So any girl that came after me was going to get the same thing. And I did nothing to change it. Mm -hmm. And that really bothered me for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think that even really hit me for a long time. And then I then it hit me like, oh my God, what did I do? Mm-hmm. So for two reasons. One, just like all the other stress that you deal with in the job of law enforcement or as a first responder, like if you're not doing something to actively and proactively release what's happening in your body and your mind, it will manifest someday. Either you go crazy or you have anger management problems or you have addictions or you have physical manifestations of illness. The same thing happens to you when you're dealing with this type of legal problem. If you don't do something, it will manifest within you somehow. How do I know it? Because it took me multiple years of therapy or conversations with other people of realizing all of a sudden, really, we're like, oh, my God, I'm the one holding on to this. I'm the one that's t- that's holding on to the story inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it took I, I, so it took way too long. And what I'm just saying is do something, get help from somebody who understands it like me, because I can help you through all of that. Is it going to be scary? Probably. Maybe not, but probably. But I got you. I mean, you know, I I can't fix all things but I can certainly support you and give you the necessary help that you need through this so that you don't go through some of the stuff that I went through. I can't prevent that you're going through this now, but I can prevent the repercussions I had for 13, 15 plus years. So that's another one I think that's huge for that. I just want people to understand is this is a significant aspect of your, the long-term mental health. And it's important that you, you do this for yourself now. So good. So good, Bridget. And I really appreciate this resource. And I think, you know, I've never met another uh, woman who has been a police officer who is now an attorney um, out there fighting for officers, first responders. I've never met. I've never heard of another one. I've never met another one. Um, You are very relentless in the pursuit of helping us, which is really, you know, it's really nice. It's very inspiring. You really line up a lot with me um, and what I'm doing because I'm relentless in the pursuit of making sure that every single woman um, is empowered. Do not put yourself in a box. Right. And so sometimes there are gatekeepers and there are people putting us in a box. So sometimes like even my work needs you, right? Like they, they a woman can only get so far by herself. And sometimes um, people are gatekeeping in there and they're doing different things. And so they need you. So uh, Bridget, thank you so much for coming on. What, is there anything else before we, before we end this episode, what else would you like to tell anybody who's listening, um, who's might be on the fence, who's interested uh, in what you have to say? They're going through a situation, but they're just not sure about reaching out to you. Well, I can say that because I understand that uh, you're not sure you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go with an attorney. This is going to, you know, I don't have however much you think I cost. Um, but Adam and I have talked about this a lot that because I understand that um, I I do offer sort of like a, I guess like an intro to attorney level, I guess you could say. Um, what I make is a more affordable option for first responders to say, like, I don't really know about this and I just want to get some answers, but, you know, I don't need an attorney that's going to cost me 5000 or $10,000. And to that, I say, you know what? You're right. You might not need an attorney for that much money. Also, I don't usually charge people that much. Um, it depends on how complicated your issue is, but I think it's that up front, you just want answers. And so I price my, my, my levels at, I know that I know you want answers. I know you want somebody to look at this and say, yep, this is what's happening. Here's your options. You're not crazy. And you know, and I'm not your therapist, although I think everybody should see a therapist. I do. I, tell I them do too. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's why I say that I do give that affordable option for me to say, can I just get some answers from this? And to that, I say, yes, you can. 
And I offer that. Like it doesn't always involve me jumping in and starting to be your lawyer and sending letters and suing people and find no, there's a there's an I have a level before that that's like, let's just see what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. And then if you want me to do that for you, I can. But I don't do it for some people. They just want to get that first level of like, what what should I do? What are my, I need some answers. I need somebody who understands to tell me what to do. And I'll say, you know what? Yes, you should file an EEOC claim. You should send this letter to your HR person. But I'm also telling you, while you can file your own, your own EEOC claim, you sending a letter to your HR department or your city manager or your city attorney, that they're not going to, they're not going to pay attention to you. They might investigate a claim, but the number of times that I've seen somebody, an HR department investigate something and come back with non unfounded or, well, we just don't think there's anything to do about that, including the client that I have whose chief asked her two times about her sex life. Of course, she freaked out about that, reported to her sergeant. A sergeant reported it to HR. HR said, well, I talked to the chief about it and he said that's not what he meant. So we found we, this is unfounded. So we're not that we're not investigating. What? Are you kidding me? Like mm -hmm. that's not an investigation that violates their own policies. And I'll also say most I'm not I'm not knocking HR people. I'm not saying you have an evil Knievel. I'm going to screw these people behind the scenes HR person. What I am saying is HR people are almost always uneducated on mm -hmm. the topics and un, un, like they're under supported. They don't have the resources to do everything they should do that they're federally required to do when somebody reports one of these federal violations. So they don't have the wherewithal or the means to do this. Mm -hmm. And they're dealing with the same intimidation you do, you are when it comes to a chief or a city manager or a lieutenant or captain. Like you feel intimidated, like, oh my gosh, my captain's going to come after me, my chief. They feel that too. They are an underling to these people. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say, just call me. We can talk about it real quick. I'll give you the options. You can choose or not to proceed. But I feel like even just taking the step to call me is such an important mental health first step. And you can find that, you know, I know well, I'll just go ahead and say like, but that button is on my website. You go to my website. It's on the very top of the page. Click here to book a call with Bridget. And I'll say with Lady Law Shield, I actually have a, a paralegal who is also a cop, also worked with SWAT, um, knows the world, knows everything that I know. And so um, certainly building my firm with a lot of people who understand where you're coming from. Um, I also have another girl whose husband is in the military. They deal with the same kind of stuff. So we are what I call a culturally competent law firm. Um, we get your culture. So just book the call. It's easy. Just find 15 minutes. I love that. I didn't know that your paralegal was also uh Law enforcement, former law enforcement. That's amazing. Love it. Military spouse. Yeah, I have my paralegals come. They're both military spouses, which I love supporting that world. And one of them just so happens to be an active cop and the crisis negotiator for the SWAT team. No shit. Yeah. That's cool. I, That's badass. You don't have to be on SWAT. You don't have to be a female member of SWAT to be facing this crap. No. So I have heard that from some people like, well, if somebody sent me a message one time, like, well, I'm not on SWAT, so it's probably not as big of a deal. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. It's still a big deal. Don't mm -hmm. don't think that just because, well, it's not as bad as what Bridget went through, so I don't have to do anything. No, no. Take the SWAT part out of it. We do, I dealt with crap. Let's fix the crap. Mm -hmm. So good. Bridget, where can everybody find you besides in the show notes? 
The, my website, ladylawshield.com is the best place to start because that's where you can book a call. Um, I do send out a weekly newsletter with just short like legal tips and a lot of the stuff like people ask me, things I'm dealing with, things you should know. Um, and I send that out weekly. It's like, yeah, you might not need me now, but you might need me in six months or a year or two years. Um, and I mean, I'm all, all social media. So those buttons are all on the website. So you can follow me from there. But you know, the first part starts with, you know, just get on the newsletter and book a call if you need me. Love it. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thank you so much for being here and being a resource for us. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the She's an Asset podcast. If you wouldn't mind, could you please share this out? The only way we grow and I can get this out to as many people as possible is with your help. So we're kind of in this together. And the good thing is, is I know you have my back. So uh, I want to say thank you and ask for you to share the show. And if we're not hanging out in the socials, I hope that you'll come and hang out with me. I'm Autumn Clifford pretty much everywhere. Thank you so much. See you next time.